0: Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show, Radio to Open the Heart, Heal the Soul, Awaken the Consciousness, and I don't know, give you something amazing to listen to in the morning. And also, so that I can like say hi to Benny. Hi, Benny. Hi there,
1: Loretta. You're busy this morning. I'm a busy guy most mornings. Yes, ma'am. You are a busy guy.
0: Yeah. He makes it happen, he makes the magic happen. And uh, here we are. Welcome to November,
1: Benny. I know, I'm excited. Are you? Uh, yeah, most definitely, because I'm a big you know, fall, uh, winter kind of guy. In fact, I believe uh, parts of Idaho already this morning have seen their <gasps> first snowfall of the year. Ooh. Yeah. So yeah. it's really good. But following back uh, a couple of days ago, we did have our Halloween and I didn't win. Sorry.
0: Oh, I was going to ask you.
1: I know everyone was, you know, waiting on bated breath. I I totally understand. Um, I was Rip Wheeler from the show Yellowstone. I don't know if you've ever caught that. Yeah. Yeah. So I will provide you a few pictures. You know, I had to use the beard in in some form or manner, and Uh so I just threw on a cowboy uh hat, and I actually used the jacket that I'm wearing now, just threw on a logo, and put on a a rope next to my my hip here and and I went I I cowboyed up for you
0: I love that I love the outfit even though you didn't win and and how much fun is that right
1: yeah we had some great great participants and uh I mean some great people turned out we had a team event and we had individual event we had um uh, office decorum events so yeah it was really good yeah congrats to all
0: yeah. I hope everybody had a good and safe time. Yeah. Um, I was talking to my son about how it was when I was a little girl, which was <laughs> just a couple of years ago. Right. <laughs> I remember some, yeah, I remember some really good outfits. Thanks, Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> <age>. <laughs> but, right. um, yeah, we used to just, you know, wear costumes and walk around the neighborhood and, you know, life was very, very different. But I remember, uh, one time, I, I think my sister was a, a, um, basket of dirty laundry
1: <laughs> hey that's not a bad idea
0: i was either a princess or a witch it...
1: <laughs> we did have actually it's funny our winner is a uh, seth he is our uh morning guy over at uh our other radio station here warm Six Point Nine. he dressed yeah. up as a dirty cop so yeah. basically just wore like a fbi like nypd outfit and then just threw yeah. trash around his neck
0: yeah that...
1: <laughs> pretty simple dirty got help. the job done
0: yeah, I think people are very, very clever.
1: They have to be creative so, in some way, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they certainly do. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I have a great show for you today. It's very, very timely. And um, I just want to remind people I am the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last 27, 28 years. You can find more about that at Com. schedule at Com, And um, a big shout out to my uh, patrons this is a listener supported show thank you very 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 much in the depth of my heart beautiful blessings to you and you do help bring these people to the air so a bit of astrology check-in we have to do it because it's massive right now welcome to November the 11th month of 2022 November is such a powerful month this month <clears throat> our karma is catching up with us it's time for clearing releasing and change in order for new beginnings there may be a lot of unpredictable drama cataclysmic chaos but also joy right and if we feel into the energetics of this month it's time to release a lot of repressed emotions and set yourself free a new dawn is upon us from 11.1 to 1111, we are in it right now. We're in an 11-day portal. Yeah, likely to be a little bit gritty, a little bit dense, a little bit overwhelming. My clients have been telling me, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed, like my nose is just above the water. Well, the great news is that it does result in healing, your healing and the healing of the planet. During this time, you may feel vulnerable or edgy or cranky yeah many are here to contribute to the turning point for this planet towards the coming golden age and remember to do what you can to speak with kind words and act with compassion count to five exhale do what ellen and i did connect at your heart remember that silver lining right so the 111 to 1111 portal is highly protected by the angelic realms, providing a beacon of light to guide us all. You may feel the angelics through the senses of your nervous system. Individual and planetary healing is taking place. And remember that whatever comes up, you, you have the skills to, to deal with it. You really do. And um, maybe you just need a new approach, a new direction a new stance. Maybe you need to reframe it, or rename it, or something like that. Our guest will help us with that. Self-love and nurturing love with others and having nice boundaries is always a good idea. Now, on Tuesday, November 8th, we have lots of things happening, and we do have um, voting here in the United States, but it is a total Full blood moon eclipse in Taurus, a total full moon blood moon eclipse in Taurus. I feel shaky just saying that. (laughs) And we just had another eclipse in Scorpio, right? So the moon appears red due to the totality of the eclipse. Blood moons signify endings and they can close a door somewhere in our lives. Sometimes when doors are closed, it can be hard to navigate at first, but realize that when a door is closed, as they say, a window is opened, a pathway ahead opens up, and uh, I don't know, it's hard, but if you can just sort of figure out how to allow it or embrace it and say, okay, now what, now what, then you're just going to be in the right place. As this occurs in the sign of Taurus, it may bring issues around money. Yeah, money stock market, money, and relationships. So it could be personal, it could be global. On a deeper level, this eclipse may also help us push past some blockages around feelings of worthiness or unworthiness. We are worthy. You know, everybody listening, we really are worthy. So time to stand up into that. And on November 8th, right under the blood moon eclipse, Mercury will align with the sun. Mercury, communication with the sun, the shining of the truth. This event is known as Mercury Kazemi and indicates a new cycle of awareness, mental growth and deeper awareness. As Mercury aligns with the sun, we can gain new clarity and begin to see things from a new and sharper perspective. This can be heightened by that eclipse energy which can also illuminate and unlock a higher truth. So be sure you're speaking and communicating your truth under this energy, because lies and deceits can be easily exposed in this energy. I, <laughs> I just have to stop for a minute. I, I learned a long time ago, it's just easier to tell the truth, because, you know, if you try to change it, you can't remember what you said to who and then you really get into trouble. <laughs> Helen's nodding her head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and on Wednesday, November 9th, the day after this potent blood moon, the sun moves opposite Uranus, the planet of awakening and surprise. And this could cause the eclipse to bring some surprising news to help awaken and shift our consciousness. You see why I kind of was like going, oh my goodness, the astrology. Whatever new insights come to the surface, we may need to make a clear cut change. And whenever Uranus's energy is strong, we can feel a little unsettled or unstable. So remember to ground. Remember to put your feet, remember to listen to my guest Ellen Meredith over and over again, just keep listening to this show over and over. Anyway, um, in a world of upheaval and rapid change, how can we enlist the intelligence of the body's subtle energies to help us heal? Build resilience and evolve. My guest today, Ellen Meredith, has been in practice since 1984 in this lifetime as an energy heal- healer, <laughs> conscious channel, and medical intuitive, helping over 10,000 clients, probably more, and students worldwide. She's the author of an amazing book. You need to get it right now Your Body Will Show You the Way. Energy Medicine for Personal and Global Change, in which she explores energy medicine as a conversation between the body, mind, and spirit, and equip readers with practical tools for healing themselves from the inside out. She teaches energy medicine courses on the SHIFT Network and has served on the Faculty of Energy Medicine Pioneer Donna Eden since 2010. Wow. Your timing on my show is impeccable, Ellen. (laughs) Thank you, Loretta. (laughs) (laughs) That whole astrology report, I was like, I need to say
2: this sentence and then
0: just have you talk
2: about it. Right? (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that's so perfect what you just said it's just it's it's in our face we're right in it and we do need this skill set we need to know how do we evolve our instruments for these changes that that are coming to our world and they're not tiny changes they're they're really kind of more of a sea change right yeah and how do we how do we remain stable right so um I, i i
0: I'm trying to figure out where to begin. Let's let's just dive right in with the title of your book. Your body will show you the way because, um, yeah, we're in it. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. Well, I think it's it's kind of um, some a bit of a leap for some people to think that they can get wisdom from their bodies because we live in a culture that teaches us to look outside ourselves for information, for for facts, for guidance, for truth. It's a very outside in kind of uh, culture we've been living in. And the sea change that we're going through, I think is very much about shifting to an inside out way of working of getting being able to go inward to get not only um guidance not just like right answers in our head but to access the equipment that was built into us that we've never learned how to use i mean you know how they say we have so much brain power we never use i think it goes You know, i mean we've got all those cells that you know are just sitting there well (laughs) i believe we have a whole built-in guidance system and it's in every fiber of our being and in our culture we don't learn to use it we don't learn to tune in to the wisdom and knowing that we can get through this instrument it's a very amazing instrument not only for navigating but for discerning our personal well-being and what's good for the collective and so what i wanted to do in the book is say well what is this equipment and see if i could maybe write a little bit of a user's manual for how can i access this equipment how can i develop a relationship with it and um navigate maybe more uh, uh with with better guidance from within
0: Yes, um, I actually want to read from your book <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> from your from your own wor- words. And this is how the book begins, because this is to me like uh, grabbed me I- instantly. Right. And it starts in uh, the introduction, right, called Inner Guidance. It's one of those days when the apparent craziness of the world has gotten to me. <laughs> My mind has fogged. (laughs) Was that this morning? And I feel exhausted. My gut, head and muscles ache. My emotions are building up like steam, like a pressure cooker. And I hear myself start to panic. Oh, no. Oh, no. What's wrong? What's going on? Am I getting sick? And if I can stop, hunker down for a moment and ask, what do I need right now? I hear... Use your hands to cradle your face. Then breathe in on a count of three and out on a count of five. And then just connect. Use your hands to hook up your head and heart, your heart and gut, your front and back, your two feet, etc. I'm just like, wow. So when we talk about what you just said, I mean, developing this communication with our body right and and that this is built into us
2: absolutely yeah. i mean i absolutely believe that just under the surface of our awareness I I don't even just believe it I know it just under the surface of our awareness the body the mind and the spirit are communicating all the time as we create a self you know we are creating ourselves in every moment and if we can't participate in that conversation you know it's like being dropped into a foreign country without the language so i really believe that that we have access to this and we can learn it it's very easy to learn we many of us um know lots lots of ways we can communicate with our body but we don't think in those terms Mm -hmm. you know we talk english to the body and the body's looking at us like what are you saying but when we take our hands and place our hands somewhere on our body we're speaking to our body in its own language yeah and and i really um have found that the more i can enter into this conversation using all of the tools that are there the sound and color and sensation and knowing and you know all of all of my tools it's such a rich place to be and i live differently and my i have a different um expression out in the world as well everything shifts um both inside and out
0: now you talk in your book about an inner guidance system. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, I think we're a we're a lot like bees or porpoises or trees or even the the fungal um, kingdom in that we really are interconnected in ways that we don't perceive. Um, you know, the bees know that they're part of a hive, but we don't really recognize our collective reality. Most of the time we're, we're, especially in our culture, we're taught to be individuals and, you know, stand up alone and I'm going to do it myself and do it for myself. And we really are part of a larger consciousness. So that inner guidance system is not only about how can this body, mind and spirit thrive, you know, how can I play the music of my soul on this particular instrument that's in there. But what's also in there is what's, what's the best choice in this moment for me in terms of the collective, in terms of humanity, we have access to all of that. So inner guidance, it you know, it it's not a right answer machine. It's not do this, do that. It really is tuning into the very fabric of our our being, our own individual being, but our also our interconnected being, and being able to steer a course based on that larger map or that larger awareness. That's right here. It's you know you don't have to meditate for a hundred years to get there. It's right here, and mm-hmm. we're just not understanding it because we don't speak its language very well. Yeah,
0: yeah. I have so many um, thoughts going through my head while you're talking, like. I I was thinking about you know they're talking about the mycelium of trees and how there's this interconnectedness and I uh, you bring forward in the book this connection and I think that more and more that's entering into our language you know this idea that number one to be connected with you and understand how to communicate with you and then also this idea that through that connection you also have access to this greater connection. Um, that's kind of what where what I'm hearing you talk about.
2: Right, so, and I think yeah. it just happens when we wake up and um, enter into real dialogue with our own energies. When we stop seeing ourselves as at the mercy of, oh, I'm gonna catch this thing and that thing, or I'm going to, um, you know, it's a matter of luck, whether I get to live the life I want to live. And we start saying, no, if this is my instrument. What am I going to play on it right now? And if it's not in tune, how can I tune it? How can I, how can I bring it to a state where I can play this music I'm hearing inside me or this, this, what my soul really wants to express? how can I work with this instrument more effectively? And we're so separated in our culture from our bodies. You know, we're kind of body, a separate thing from mind. And that's a separate thing from spirit in our culture. But I believe we just are one big spectrum that runs between all those things. And we can travel in different parts of our own being and really have much more say in how our life unfolds, both inside and out. I I love you calling the
0: body an instrument, this instrument. Yeah. Um, that made it really personal for me. I'm a musician, but I, I went, yeah. And you were using things like play your song or sing your song or, or, or whatever it is to become more har- harmonious, more harmonic. Um, interesting. Yeah. I just, commenting on it I'm not sure I have a question in there but I love that
2: this yeah instance. I'm very sound oriented too um and so for me that metaphor really works for others who are more visual you know you might have to find a metaphor that's equivalent you know that that this is your this is your paint box and you know what what colors are you going to mix today yeah so I want to um Uh, I'll probably jump around a little bit,
0: just as it's coming to me, but could you um, (laughs) maybe tell the (laughs) listening audience who don't know who you are, I happen to know who you are, uh, where, uh, how you became a medical intuitive, uh, how you got into this work, a little bit more about yourself?
2: Okay, well, I was originally trained by my inner teachers, and I I grew up in Michigan at a time when this woo woo was not in my in my consciousness. I didn't I didn't know about psychic anything or spirits. You know, I just wasn't focused in that direction. But my grandmother, who was dead, um, showed up in my consciousness with a message, and that woke me up to the possibility of just communicating on a different level um with you know and i didn't know if it was my imagination or not but i ended up at a little psychic fair where a psychic looked at me and said your maternal grandmother's standing right there with a message and that made me realize that oh there are other dimensions to seeing and knowing than the ones i've i've perceived so far and then my inner teachers sort of used that as an opening to come in and train me and it's been a 50 year training daily i mean every day i have conversations they they help me to get perspective on experience so it's not like they just tell me right answers and i spew them forth and sound wise cuz <laughs> you know i think sometimes channeling is just seen as like this this download or this yeah. pass through <laughs> and you know i just don't see it as that way um i really see it as as a training in awareness in consciousness in perspective and you know not to make it too woo woo i'm sure your listeners are fairly open to woo woo but to just say if if i can shift my perspective i can see things from how you see them or from how this other person sees them and i can get out of that polarization where it's us versus them right and into all of us or both and where I can see all the perspectives so it's it's that's what my training was was how to. Um, sp- perceive energies, how to speak energy to energy. And at one point they said, you're going to get very ill and in, and you're going to move to California and get very ill. And then in the process of healing, you're going to become a healer. And I was so excited because I heard, oh, you're going to move to California. <laughs> I missed the whole part of you're going to get sick. <laughs> but I did, I got quite ill. And in the process of healing, I discovered I could see what was going on in my own body. And I was working with a a complimentary practitioner who who worked with meridians who worked with energy testing muscle testing she called it and so i began to see how um you can work with the building blocks of your own self your own creation the energies that make you up and you can change how you feel, how your health works, how your chemistry works. And um, when I healed in that particular crisis, the practitioner asked me to come in and work in her office as medical intuitive. And that kind of launched an accidental career as a as a healer and channel because people started coming and I ended up shifting full time to this kind of work.
0: Yeah, I um that's fascinating inner teachers
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah i'm so glad to hear you say inner teachers um i had kind of a similar experience and ended up with inner teachers so um do people need to believe in inner teachers in order to do this work
2: no absolutely not i mean i think that whatever your belief system is you can work with your body because you know whether you believe in inner teachers or not you have a body whether you believe in inner teachers or not you know we all believe that there's this thing called energy because we plug our machines into it all day every day Um, and the energy that that we i talk about in the book and that i teach people to perceive and understand is not quite like the energy scientists teach us about Okay, it's not just protons and neutrons and electrons. And please forgive me if you're a scientist and I sound ignorant. (laughs) I believe it has uh, intelligence. I think it's consciousness itself. But even the biggest skeptic knows that there's something, you know, the difference of the consciousness of a person and sort of what a chair does. You know, I, I don't know if a chair has its own kind of consciousness or not. But I do know that we can tune into some essence that we can perceive no matter what our belief system is Mm -hmm. so absolutely you don't have to believe in inner teachers it's built into the equipment i mean do you have to believe in music to play an instrument well no but the instrument teaches you to believe that music exists i mean as Mm -hmm. soon as you hear someone play music on an instrument you're thinking whoa that's cool how can i do that and, yeah. and I'm hoping that people don't make it into this big deal, this big arcane experience of only some people are quite psychic. I believe we all have this equipment. Mm-hmm. We all have the ability. We all have inner teachers. And with the, we all have the ability to tune into them. And we have so much superstition. Um, psychics and channels as these, these special people who have special access. And I, I think that's kind of yucky, you know, (laughs) To, to use a technical term. I really think that we need to help each other each wake up to what we're capable of, you know, wake up those abilities that we're not using, but that all of us possess in one form or another. And then we're not all identical. So that's the exciting thing is that, you know, if you're a musician, you're going to resonate with with sound as a metaphor for understanding how energy works but someone else who's quite digital meaning that they're very brain oriented and logical it's going to be direct thoughts or um you know working out even theorems or mathematics of it and it's all beautiful there's so many different ways to understand energy um
0: I so agree with you I've said for years Um, we're hardwired, right? We are created that way. Everybody is psychic. And I wish we could have a better word because that word's gotten, you know, like, excuse me, Madam Sasha with your crystal ball, but everybody can do this. and, And I think it's done us a disservice by making people shy away from it.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like a sense of direction. We don't say, "Ooh, you have a sense of direction, you know, because it's built in and it's like the ability to learn language. It's built into all of us. However, mm-hmm. we don't come out of the womb speaking fluently. Yeah, we learn true. the language from the people around us, from the environment. And we do come in, you know, little babies come in babbling the sounds of every single language on the planet. At least that's what researchers say, and I think they're kind of right. Um, But then what happens is the the sounds that get reinforced, we keep, and we lose the sounds that aren't reinforced. So I believe we owe each other a service of reinforcing the awareness as it kind of trickles up in us so that we can develop and learn to speak energy the way we've learned to speak. Well, you and I learned to speak English, and other people learned to speak Chinese or Arabic or whatever. (laughs) Latvian.
0: <laughs> oh, speak energy I love I love that so um, this is a great time for us to take a little station break and um, my guest today uh, Ellen Meredith we're talking about her book your body will show you the way energy medicine for personal and global change this is a really um, a delightful and I think it's a very timely conversation So don't go away. When we come back, we're going to get more into the language of energy. I like that.
1: Energy is powerful. It's all around us. Mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Being hospitalized can be frightening, especially for a child. Here at Encourage Kids, we provide the resources and the funding to bring much-needed reassurance, smiles, and yes, hope to hospitalized kids and their families. I'm Michelle Hall Duncan, president and CEO of Encourage Kids, and I encourage you to learn about our positive and life-altering programs, how we ease the anxiety around hospitalization for every one of our pediatric patients. Join our efforts. Visit Encourage-Kids.org. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day.
0: Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown show with huh, me, Loretta Brown, huh. Who knew? <laughs> um, uh, my guest today is Ellen Meredith. We're talking about Your Body, We'll Show You the Way. I want to remind the listeners that these shows are archived at the KKNW archives for the original Loretta Brown Show. We're also on iTunes, Podcast One, Spotify, and kind of we're all over the place. So be sure to go and um, listen to the show over and over again. And there are literally hundreds of shows through years of being on the air and really great help for you. Now, before the break, we were talking about the language of energy. And I want to I want to jump into language just a little bit. Naming, labeling, renaming, reframing and reclaiming. You've got a chapter called that. So tell us about that. What's that got to do with anything? Ellen?
2: OK, well, Uh, You know, I've been working with clients for years and years and years. And one of the things that I noticed is that names really carry baggage. You know, if someone gets a diagnosis of cancer, we go right away to what do I know about cancer? And we go Google it and we get really scared. And there's all this crap that goes with the name cancer, although it's really almost as common as the last name Smith. There's so many different kinds of cancer. And so with healing work in particular, but in in lots of different areas of our life, if we can come up with fresh language, fresh names for things, it doesn't carry that baggage. We can begin to interact with it on its own terms and learn the dynamics of what's going on. So I have an exercise called Rename, Reframe, and Reclaim in this chapter. And the first thing you do, and I can ask the the listeners to maybe do this with us, is that say you've got uh you know an owie somewhere it hurts or you've got uh, you know my you know i have a lot of migraines and you know i had to get past that label of migraine and you just tune in and you ask it to give you a name okay so you just tune in you're not assigning a name you're saying hey what should i call you you know and usually a a name will pop into your head (laughs) i'm going to stop for just a second so people say hey what should i call you and ask your situation, whatever it is. And it can be a physical situation. It can also be a problem in your relationship or a problem at work, you know, something out in the world. So, what should I call you? And don't reject if it doesn't sound very wonderful. It can be really something stupid, like Fred or Butthump or, you know, something, <laughs> you know, it can be almost anything that pops to mind. Just take the name and say, okay, Fred. What can I do for you right now? What do you need right now? So just tune in and see what he says. What do I need right now? And what happens the first time we ask is usually our brain kicks in and thinks of something we've read of you need a better exercise program or you need to lose 20 pounds. You know, it's these outside in prescriptions that we take in all day, every day. But when we can get to that immediate, I need to take a deep breath. I need to cross my ankles i need a little bit of rest i need a sip of water when we get to the more immediate answers that aren't something that someone else wrote in a book but are just right there for us now we're in dialogue with fred and fred can start to teach us over time who he is and what he has to teach us and what he what he's doing there and too often with an illness we're trying to get rid of the situation we want Fred to go away and yet Fred is there to show us something tell us something teach us something it's a it you know the symptoms are a message from our body or our mind or our spirit of something we need to pay attention to and the stronger the symptoms the longer we've been ignoring Fred (laughs) and the more we need to build relationship with him and what happens is when you do build that relationship with Fred he does the symptoms do go away they they clear up and so um you get a, a new understanding of what's going on you know if you have this um outbreak on your skin and you call it the plague it's not going to get you very far if your husband leaves the relationship and you go around saying i've been dumped i've been dumped you're putting yourself in the victim seat so how can you reframe it so you can say well my husband moved on and that's given me the opportunity to opportunity to figure out how I can move on. So that instead of labeling something in a way that it's funny to say it's the plague or I got dumped, but it's not so funny because where it puts you is in this um, trauma from which it's hard to get out. So I talk a lot about, can we frame our understandings in ways that we can actually work with them? We can move the energy forward. And that has the reclaim part is then we're reclaiming authorship of our own life, of our own story. And so it's it's kind of a three part thing, but it's, it's something to play with is build the relationship with Fred, see what he has to teach you. And um, you may be shocked, you may be surprised at what Fred has to offer. So you are
0: recommending that someone develop that communication, that relationship with
2: Fred. Right? Yes. And, yeah. And over and, time, and, and, yes. you know, we're in a culture that wants right answers immediately. So we think guidance. First of all, we think guidance should come in yes/no answers. So we asked all these yes/no questions: Am I this or that? And that's not a very good vocabulary to get wisdom so if we can see it as a relationship that we build over time think about when you meet someone new you don't plunge right in and say okay tell me your soul's deepest truth right now i just met you but i want to know everything from the core of your being and of course you're going to trust me because you've never met me before no or or in fact i've been ignoring you for 10 years but now you're going to trust me that doesn't that doesn't work in relationship. So if we bring what we know about communication, about relationship to working with our own energies, all of a sudden we have a massive skill set that we didn't have when we thought we had to just tap here and push here and hold these points, we have a vocabulary of dialogue that takes us into relationship. And what i found because i had chronic migraines for 15 years every day was that it wasn't just minerva you know i had like 15 different aspects to these things that were called migraines and they all had different names and they all had different things to teach me it wasn't one thing at all so when we recognize that what we get is what we have isn't a thing that someone's named out there it's a dynamic that's happening in here, we can start to engage with that dynamic and start to shift it and move it and work with it and it's really fun.
0: I I really like this. Um, I'm having, you know, images of someone trying to come in through your door and you just keep trying to shove them out and then they they're, they're persistent right and they keep sticking their foot in the door, and that is that cancer or whatever it is rather than going well it is here let me have a conversation with it and find out what what do you need right right what's going on
2: right and i tell a lot of stories in the book about how people have used these concepts and techniques to heal things i had a, a client with um two different kinds of stage four cancer that I talk about in the book. And she was sent home to die because Western medicine could no longer help her. And she decided she was going to enter into dialogue with her own being and try to have as high a quality of life in her last year or six months as she could. And what happened was that she brought the skill set that she had, which was parenting to This relationship, we all have a skill set, you might be a gardener, you might be a musician, you might be a painter, you might be really good at organizing things, whatever your skill set is, if you bring that into the conversation, you've got a rich toolkit there already you don't have to learn skills from out there entirely you can build on what you have so she reparented this being who had not been heard because she was so busy parenting everyone else in her family and she healed she healed the cancer not because she set out to heal cancer but, but because she was dialoguing i can't remember the name she gave her her or the the situation gave her but um those voices in her taught her how to find her way back to wellness or forward to wellness. And it was a new wellness that she hadn't experienced in this life, because the problems that co-created what they called cancer had kept her from these deeper ways of being that her body was able to show her.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is really important. I, I hope everybody gets your book. And And just do that chapter, if nothing else, rename, reframe, and reclaim. Um, What is is a gatekeeper? And and you talk about six areas that are important or influential in change. So what's a gatekeeper?
2: Okay. The gatekeeper is your um, immune system, essentially. It keeps the gates of self. It says, this is me. This is not me. This can come in. This has to stay out. This is safe. This is not safe. It's a mechanism that's built into our form so that we stay in form so that we don't just go off into, into the bliss of all that is that we keep the form. So it, it's your keeper of form. And in terms of immune system, we can see that, right? That a little speck of dust goes up our nose and the gatekeeper says, not me. Uh-uh. And and comes up with all kinds of dramatic symptoms. And so the we need to work with our gatekeeper because it is our form keeper, and it's a little like the bouncer at the bar. It has four tasks. It um, it keeps the sanctity of self, me, not me. It keeps us safe. I'm, I'm sorry. It keeps the sanctity of self. It keeps our identity. It. Um, allocates who gets energy in the body. Where's the energy gonna go in the body? And then it keeps the habits. So when you're caught on autopilot, where your body is reacting to something terribly and your mind says, oh, I'm so evolved. Why am I having this stupid reaction again? That's part of your gatekeeper story and experience. And we need to learn to work with the gatekeeper and befriend it. So I have several chapters that address how to work with your gatekeeping. But there are other areas of working with change. One is The instrument the gatekeeper one is grounding and I go into grounding more than just putting roots down in the earth or you know sending sending down roots like a tree it includes when you think about a grounding wire the grounding wire wicks off excess energy so how do we wick off energy that would back up in our system and cause damage how do we send the roots down and get nourishment so how do we nourish ourselves how do we anchor you know the roots anchor the plant how do we anchor and also how do we center how do we come into the core of ourselves that's all i got lots of energy medicine about how to do that and activities and things you can play with about how do i ground how do i get coherence that's the glue that holds us together right if i don't have the glue my all my parts can be working but if they're not working together yeah. i'm not yeah. healthy how do i get flow? How do I get the energies to move the way they're designed to move? How do I work with the exchange I have with the world? Because I'm not a freestanding unit. You know, I do have energetic exchange with the world all day long. So how do I participate in that web of connections without being overwhelmed by other people's energies or underwhelmed by the world? not feeding me enough or not feeding me, nourishing enough energies. And then the last area that, that I, I cover in the book and talk about is radiance. And that's your soul juice, right? That's some bringing spirit into each moment. How do I ac- access that radiance that feeds me, okay? And radiance and gatekeeping are, co- are cosmic partners, okay? The, the soul juice and the form keeper work together to create create this weird composite that we are of body, mind, and spirit. So knowing how to work with all of these aspects allows us to not just um, rebalance in the face of change, but actually thrive within change, navigate it and thrive within change. And that's, that's, I think the goal, because we're going to have a lot of change coming up for many, many, many years. (laughs) This isn't just a blip. I'm
0: thinking I mean, everything you're saying is so spot on, it's on target. And it's really what we need right now. And I, I, I'm still thinking about this language and this renaming, even though we we're still talking about other things. When people get stuck with, I have cancer, or I have, you know, fill in the blank with whatever it is. um, It's like a something separate from you that is, it doesn't have any substance. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a rigid uh, container, right? Right. It's something very rigid. But by bringing this in the way that you're having us consider it, uh, it becomes malleable to me. It starts to breathe right and when it starts to breathe it has the ability to adapt or to change or to dissipate or whatever right uh, rather than it's this thing
2: right and our culture is so crazy it i mean it's so outside in that everything we experience gets named and becomes a thing outside ourselves and then we're not treat we're not dealing with this dynamic that's here inside us we're dealing with this concept out there and one of the things that I think is the craziest in our culture is this notion that um, we're all generic that that all humans are the same they can study us and they can tell you you're like this because they've studied enough of you and the majority are like this that this is your truth and And I don't think that's true. When I look at people energetically or psychically, I see all different um, flavors of energy coming into each of us. So each of us has different what I call soul feeds coming into us. So the the music that you're trying to play on your instrument is different from the music I'm trying to play on my instrument. And not only that, I need a different instrument from you in order to accommodate what my soul's trying to accomplish in this dimension. And so I think that our Western medicine that you know, studies the gallbladder, studies the cancer, studies these phenomenon, Apart from the individual who's having the dynamic with of that phenomenon, is a huge mistake. I think we have to stop objectifying ourselves and come home to our subjective um, experience and reality. And you know, I think one there's a lot of different areas we do this outside in versus inside out. But one of the ones that I think is is major is where we get our gratification from what other people think i'm happy because i got the a on my test i'm happy because you recognized me and said i wrote a good book i'm happy because I, i got money for this thing that external gratification we don't take the resume with us when we die but internal gratification is i've lived a very rich experience i had fun writing the book i i'm having fun having this conversation and when we can bring that gratification back home to the journey rather than the goal of getting somewhere our life t- is, more, is richer, it's more meaningful. And of course, that's the part we take with us is the enrichment of the soul. I mean, if you believe you take anything with you, right? And so in all different areas, we work from the outside in and we're alienated from our own being, from our own experience. And we're taught to kind of look at someone else's explanation of how we work and try to apply it back to ourselves. And I just think that's backwards. I think figure out how you work. It might be different from how I work. And because of that, I don't give a lot of rules of, you know, here's how energies work. It's more like, well, experiment with this and explore this and play with this and see what you find out. And here's what I have experienced and here's what some of my clients have have found in this situation. But what's what's happening for you when you try try this out? I, I have sections called play with it.
0: I think it's vitally important because so many people are doing that outside look. I got to go over there and that worked for that person and let me let me do it. And then it doesn't work. So right. this this pr- making it more about you.
2: And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Connecting and then the inner and the
0: outer. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then another reframe or, or, or shift that I think would be really helpful if you don't even even if you don't read my book, which, you know, I hope you do is our culture always asks what's wrong and how can i fix it so when you go to a doctor they're looking for what's wrong and they're going to give you something that's going to fix it from outside yourself if we even shift and ask better questions such as what's happening what's going on here and what's needed and how can i cultivate it we're in a very different conversation with our own being and i don't know i mean i think that you do get information about what you ask for so if you ask over and over what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong you have a pile of information about what's wrong and you've got a lot of years where you weren't necessarily cultivating the rightness you know what you what what you'd like to see what you know not as an outcome but as quality in this moment so again when you go into to dialogue with your energies and you tune in it's what you read in the in the intro you you tune in and you say what's needed in this moment then you get these quiet silly little answers and they're not silly at all you know cross your ankles put one hand on your heart put one hand on your your gut you know just do that solar plexus heart and cross your ankles and see what it feels like inside when you do something that simple yeah, it really yeah. changes the dynamic. And of course, moment by moment, as we change the dynamic, we change the quality of our lives. You know, it adds up.
0: Yeah. yeah. So um, what is entering the stream?
2: OK, so <laughs> I, I maybe I should tell the story behind it because it's kind of funny. Um, I, In my channeling work, I I tend to perceive the spirits as very collective, you know, I call them my councils and I don't get big on who were they and where did they live and all of that. It's more like, what is this energy here to teach me? But one day I was working early, early in my practice and I was very much guided in everything I did because I didn't at the beginning have much training. And um, I looked up and out of the corner of my eye, I saw this old Chinese gentleman, I mean, literally a stereotyped old Chinese gentleman with this long beard and a long gown. And I was just laughing and, and he said, okay, take a gold needle and put it right there. And a place lit up on my client's back. So I took an imaginary gold needle and I put it there and he said, okay, silver needle here and all that. And, and the client on the table suddenly said, hey, are you doing acupuncture on me? blown away it's like I don't know <laughs> but you know it looked like acupuncture to me and um I said why do you ask and she said because it feels like when I get acupuncture so I said okay and I worked with this old Chinese gentleman for many months and then one day he came in and it, it, he did this thing that I called ghost acupuncture for many months and I thought it was cool and kind of weird but it, it was getting results for the clients and then one day he said enter the stream. He came in and he said, enter the stream. And I thought, what are you talking about? And I looked and on the client's body, I saw what I now know to be a meridian light up. And I thought, oh, he wants me to go into that energy. So I just sort of jumped in. I just, in my mind, in my consciousness, I just um, sank my attention down into that stream. And what happened was my awareness just exploded. I could see what was needed. I could see that part of the stream was blocked over here and that there was a tree that was, that was kind of dragging the water over here and that the bank was falling down here. And I just called on a, what I call the universal support team to help me kind of repair what I found there. And it had a profound effect on the client. It, it was somebody who was dealing with a cancer and she went into remission not long after that which was kind of a a big oh my gosh moment for both of us and and so the lesson in that that i got was that when we drop into an energy we can work with it and perceive it differently than when we're working from outside holding you know pushing buttons on the outside holding points yeah so
0: ellen meredith you are amazing i've enjoyed this so much your body will show you the way energy medicine for personal and global change everybody just go get it right now and and you can find out more by reading that book ellen very quickly
2: in five seconds where do people find you Um, my website is ellenmeredith.com and that's m-e-r-e-d-i-t-h and then you can get from there to all my books and youtubes and everything else Thank
0: you so, so much and uh, blessings to you and everybody listening. Um, Take it easy this week. Be careful under that blood moon eclipse in Taurus. Wear your tinfoil hats. I love you all so much.